maybe 45 minutes. I guess I better start about here then. So, All right. I could start at the beginning, but we'd be here for about three hours, I think. So, my wife has to get up early in the morning, so we better not do that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that we can gather together in your name, in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that you said in your word that where two or more are gathered together in my name, there you are in the midst of us. And, Father, we just thank you that you're here present in the midst of us. The Holy Spirit is here to minister to each and every person. Father, whether I speak the words or not that each individual needs to hear, I thank you that during this message, Father, what they need will be revealed to their heart. Father, I just thank you for your anointing. I thank you for the utterance. I thank you, Father God, that your Holy Spirit reigns and takes control of my physical body, my voice box, whatever it takes, Father, to speak your words and your word only. Father, we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm glad to be here tonight. How about you? I never thought I'd be standing up here. You know, three or four months ago, it seemed like a, an impossibility. But, you know, with God, all things are possible. When he wants to get a hold of you, guess what? He can get a hold of you and uh, renew some things. And, you know, I, I just want to thank the Lord for a praying wife. I mean, she loved the good, me through thick and thin, the good, bad, and ugly, but she just kept loving and praying for me. And I know some of you probably did too, but because uh, I see some dear friends here. Well, you're all friends. But uh, I want to talk about, do you need an oil change tonight? And uh, we're going to talk about fixing cars and all that. No, not really. <laughs> but, you know, if you want your car to run properly, you have to change the oil every once in a while. If you don't, the engine wears out really quick, and uh, it can start leading to other damage within the engine, and all of a sudden you'll be having a repair here or a repair there. But uh, if you just regularly maintain that vehicle, it'll run a lot better. It'll cost you a lot less money. Amen? So I'll give you a few minutes to think of when your oil needs changing and get that settled in your mind and say, well, I've got about 2,000 miles. Yeah, i got 1,000 miles. So then we can get back to... Uh, the subject at hand, but you don't always want to be in, have your car in a repair shop. You want it out and running normally. And the same thing is true basically with our Christian life. You know, there's a lot on this earth that will knock you down. You know, we live in a fallen world. God is in control, but we live in a fallen world. I mean, darkness can't overtake light. Light always run, chases darkness out. Amen? But I want to talk about maintaining the anointing or God's presence in your everyday life. Um, that's what I believe the Holy Spirit once said tonight and talked about, because that's what he's been talking to me about. You know, I'm not here to uh, necessarily teach you something I got out of the book. I'm going to teach you something that the Holy Spirit gave me from the book. Amen? There's a difference here. I've, I'm tired of giving book reports. I want to give something that the Lord gave me. I wanna, that's what I want to talk about. I just don't want to go here and have a, you know, try to find a subject to talk about, but you know, God sometimes seems a million miles away when, when we walk our everyday life, when we go through struggles, and uh, it seems like he is so far away. Yet, if you know him as your Lord and Savior, he's closer to you than the person sitting next to you. Isn't that right? Amen. You know, when I was growing up, I grew up in 
a Methodist church here in Benton. Good church. I mean, they taught me what Easter was. They taught me what Christmas meant. Uh, Palm Sunday, all the Bible verses. And um, I, I thank the Lord for that foundation. My parents made sure from the time I was born, they, I thank the Lord they went to church and they took us kids. I had three brothers at the time. And uh, they made sure we all went to church. And uh, I thank God for that. My brother, my older brother, he's turned 16. He got his driver's license, and he felt the call of God on his life. And uh, I was probably, he was 16. I was probably about 12, maybe 13 at the time. And I started tagging along with him. And he didn't mind it at the time. You know, when he got a little older, 18, 19, he didn't want me coming along anymore. But I think the girls he was dating had something to do with that. But, uh, but he felt a call on his life. And I remember um, he started dating. Well, he hadn't met his, the wife he's married to. He hadn't met her yet. But I remember uh, one Sunday evening he was going to church. And it seems sort of strange because in Methodist church, you just go on Sunday morning. And that's it. In Bible school during the summer. Um, but he asked me if I wanted to go with him. And I said, sure, I'll go with you. So we went to the little Nazarene church in Fenton. At the time, it was down there at Old Highway 141 in Gravoy in a little bitty double-wide modular building. And when I walked in there, you know, there were some people. They were warm and friendly. And when that church service started, men got up and started giving their testimonies. And I experienced something I had never experienced before. And that was the anointing, the presence of God. I'm not saying it wasn't in the church I attended regularly, in the Methodist church it may have been. But all I know is that Sunday night, when I walked in there and sat down, I could sense the presence of God. And it felt really foreign. It felt warm and comfortable. You know, it didn't feel strange or unusual. or I didn't feel uneasy, but I, I never experienced that power before. And that's what I want to talk about tonight, maintaining that in your everyday life, maintaining the presence and power of God. I hope to God that you all feel that right now. I mean, there is an anointing in this place. And I hope that I never get to the point where I don't feel it. There were many years when I didn't, but that was because I was, we all go through struggles, don't we? But the Lord knows how to get you where he wants you, doesn't he? But... You know, I realized at that time that there was more to being a Christian than just going to church. You know, you can, you can turn to John 3.16. Most of you know it. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe it, believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, eternal life starts now. That scripture says that, you know, if you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, you'll have everlasting life. And that begins right now, not when you die. Now, everlasting life denotes a quality of existence. It's not a quantity of time. Everybody's going to live forever. It just depends on whether you know Jesus or not, where you spend eternity. Amen? But for the Christian, the believer, you have everlasting life. That denotes a quality along with the quantity. You know, location, location, location. How many people in hell are going to be saying, location, location, location? I knew I was going to live forever, but I didn't think I was going to be here. But uh, praise God. You know, the anointing of God is the presence of God. It reveals Christ to you. 
It equips you for service, and it equips you for everyday life. His power is presence in your everyday life. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's go to John 14. Breathing in. I'm sorry. Breathing in a microphone. John 14. Verses 19 through 21. I have the New King James Version. John 14, 19 through 21. A little while longer, this is Jesus talking, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Now, this isn't just talking to the disciples, is it? It says, he who keeps, that's open to everyone. He who keeps my commandments will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I fully expect Jesus through the Holy Spirit, to manifest himself to me every day in some form. Amen. What are his commandments? In the 15, chapter 15, verse 12 of John, it said, This is my commandment. Jesus said that you love one another. And then up again in verse 17, These things I command you that you love one another. I mean, we don't have to write down a list of 10 or 20 or 30 things that you know he commanded us to do. It was very simple. Over and over again, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will manifest myself to him, to you. Roman, that's, you know, that I and, I and my Father and you and me and I and you, that's what they said in Bible school was the divine entanglement. I mean, we're just all wrapped up in the Spirit together. Amen. Romans 8 Chapter Romans 8, verse 35 through 39. I just want everyone to remember that the Holy Spirit is within us. Jesus is within us. He wants to reveal himself to us. Verse 35, Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or naked, or peril, or sword? It is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. 37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is, in, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't it nice to know that when you do feel like he's a million miles away from you, that you can know down in your spirit that he's right there with you? That nothing, I mean, he covered it all, things in this earth and spiritual things as well, evil things. Things cannot separate us from the love of God. And neither death nor life. You know, we are not separated from God while we are here on this earth. 
He's with us. And when we die, you know, we don't depart from him. Where do we go? We go to him if you're a Christian, if you're a believer. But in Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always. And he's talking about in the spirit. He is with you and me now physically in the spirit. I don't know if the spiritual uh, spirit doesn't have a physical body, yet for our understanding, we've got to realize that he is really here. And he is wanting to talk to each and every one of us and help us through the things that we are going through. A lot of us have prayers. We pray every day for our loved ones, our children, perhaps our spouse. And uh, he is there to help us in those areas. Amen. Let's go to Genesis 1. Genesis chapter 1. I usually go there at least at one point and when I study the Bible because we can learn a lot from the first three chapters of Genesis. That's where the fall took place. That's where God created man, and all the animals, the earth. Genesis 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. I want you to notice here that God created man. If you see in the verses before that, that God created the animals, didn't he? And he blessed them and told them to be fruitful and multiply as well. And, uh, but when he created man, he created us, it goes in a little more detail there, he created us in his own image. He didn't create the animals in his image. He just created them. But when it came to man, you notice... In the Bible, especially in Genesis, when it speaks about creation, verse chapters 1 and 2 basically say the same thing, but chapter 2 goes into a little bit more detail when, because it's necessary. He wants, he wants to show us some things by doing that. Notice that he created man in his own image. And notice that he blessed them just like he blessed the animals. But notice in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. And this is going into a little bit more detail here. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Isn't that exciting? He just created the animals. He, he spoke them into existence. He may have taken some clay and molded them. But when it came to man, he says he specifically formed us from the dust of the ground. And he breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. I mean, how much more intimate can you get? When someone gets injured out there, you know, in the world, and you give them CPR, you give them the breath of life. You try to bring them back to life. But God, when he formed us, breathed his spirit. That breath of air is, in the Bible, you see breath, God's breath is typical of the Holy Spirit. He breathed not only life into us, he breathed his spirit, nature, into us. Amen. He didn't do that to the animals. He did that to man, though. We are in the image of God, and we have God's very breath, his very life in us. Amen. Don't ever 
let yourself go anywhere where you can't feel the presence of God, the anointing. Try to keep yourself in a continual state of being aware of his presence. Romans 8.14, if you want to turn there. God's with us. He's in us. His, he breathed his life into us. Romans 8.14. These are all basic scriptures that you probably all know. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the Son of God, or the sons and daughters of God. You know, we are able to, be, to walk in the Spirit. We are able to be led by the Holy Spirit. Walk in line with what he tells us to do. Try not to step off line because that's where we get out on our own. And I know that when you do that, the devil can come in and just really work on you, can he? When you get away from God, get up, you know, just try to stick to what he's telling you to do. You know, if you think you have a ministry, if you think you're called and you, and you, uh, feel like you have to serve him and you think well how can I do that and you hear of a need over here so you go over there and try to serve him guess what if God didn't tell you to go over there you're opening yourself up for a whole lot of heartache a whole lot of energy a whole lot of financial burdens that you'll have to really struggle to you're wondering why you're struggling to get things to work because you know you were called but man things just aren't working out and then the devil gets playing with you. Well, maybe I wasn't called. You know, maybe I'm, well, no, maybe you just weren't led by the Holy Spirit. It's important to really develop and build up your spirit and to be led by him. For, you know, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. Walk in the Spirit. Don't step out of line. You know, it's like there's a war between the worlds going on in our bodies. I mean, you have your spirit. The spirit gets born again. When you get saved, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, guess what? Your spirit's renewed. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's your spirit, man. And I believe it's incorruptible. incorruptible well, almost without exception. Well, I believe once you're saved, pretty much you're going to be saved. And the Lord's never going to give up to you because it said that, you know, he just would never cast you out. Once you're, once you're in the family of God, he'll never forsake you or leave you. Amen? And I believe that when he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I mean, it's going to have to take something pretty bad to get kicked out of the family of God. And I guess it does happen, but I'm not going to even dwell upon that. I don't even, I don't even think about what that could be to get you thrown out of the family of God. But it's like a war between the worlds. We have the spirit that's born again inside us. Now we have our soul. Guess what? The soul didn't get born again when you did. And then you have your flesh to deal with while we're here on this earth. So you got your spirit renewed, your soul saying, what's going on here? Something happened inside, you know? And your flesh is saying, I don't care what happened, just give me that Twinkie. You know, just... <laughs> I don't care what happened. I'm not getting up early on Sunday morning. That's my morning sleep. Your spirit's saying, no, you're going to get up. You're going to go. And the flesh says, no, I'm not. And the mind says, man, I'm a little tired myself. So they gang up on the spirit, and guess what? You're sleeping in that Sunday morning. 
So there's like a war of the worlds going on. You know, and when your soul rules your body and not your spirit, when your flesh and your soul gang up on your spirit, guess what? That's when you sort of, you're not led by the spirit of God. And uh, things creep in and start going wrong. You know, at least you don't have God's favor. You start experiencing, I believe, what's the judgment of God. And I believe that the judgment of God and the believer is just merely, basically, and sometimes disastrously, a drawing back of God's favor, not necessarily the impartation of evil. Because if you let your spirit rule and dominate your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and your flesh, it's amazing that when you allow God's word to rule in your life, in other words, allowing your spirit to be guided by the Holy Spirit, the favor that God opens up, he'll open doors up that you could never open up. I mean, when everybody else is experiencing financial difficulties, guess what? You're going to be blessed. I have news for you. I think Pastor Terry said this. There's no shortage of gold in heaven. There's no shortage of power in heaven. There's no shortage of the Holy Spirit to go around the whole world. I don't know how many people are in this world, probably a billion or whatever it is, two billion. But you know what? God's big enough to know each and every one of us. He's big enough to know who who every individual is, what their needs are, what their real, what they desire, if, especially if they're born again. God, the Bible says in Second Chronicles, I believe, that the eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the whole earth in order that he may show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal, are perfect, the King James says, to him. He'll pass over a million people to get to you and, and see that you succeed. Amen. So I believe that the judgment of God and the believer is just merely a drawing back of his favor. And once he does that for a while, sometimes it might take 10 years. Some, I think Moses, I'm not saying he was out of God's favor, but when he killed the Egyptian, he was on the backside of the mountain for, what, 40 years? And then God got his attention by burning the bush. And, you know, Moses could have just walked on by that bush. But it was up to him to recognize God. You know, if you read that, in, is it Exodus, I believe, where uh, Moses saw the burning bush, first chapter 2 or 3, something like that. You know, it talks about God being in the bush. The, bur- the bush was on fire. And it said, Moses turn to see why the bush was burning and why it kept on burning. And then the Lord said, this is holy ground. Take your shoes off. You know, Jesus, and I'm sorry, getting off a little bit, when, he, when the disciples were out in the sea and being tossed about in the boat with, by the storm, and they're all crying out, you know, we're going to perish, whatever, they look and they see Jesus walking across the water. They said, Jesus, is that you? I mean, who else would it be? You know, walking on the water. They just, but they could have just not seen him and perished. But they were, they recognized the Spirit of God. They recognized God when he showed up. Sometimes we have, I have trouble 
had trouble recognizing God. Hopefully he's a little more easy to see. It's like finding where's Waldo, you know, in a paper, in the big picture sometimes. Where is God in this? And he's looking at the same picture saying, where are you in this? You know, where are you, where do you fit in here as well? So anyway, there's like a war between the world, worlds, your spirit, your soul, and your flesh. But don't ever let yourself get to where you can't feel the presence of God, his anointing. Always be mindful that he is with you. Heaven's a wonderful place. Words can't describe its beauty, its splendor. But guess what? I'm not ready to go there. I, I listen to a lot of gospel music, and it's all talking about getting to heaven, you know, and the, how, how glorious heaven is. And uh, I believe it. I'm looking forward to it, but I just, I'm not ready to go there yet. I want to see heaven here on this earth. The greater tribute to God, uh, other than dying and going to heaven, would be living this life on earth and manifesting God here in your life. And you know, you can only manifest God in your life. So you might as well do it. Don't try to manifest it in somebody else's. Just preach the word, just love them. And guess what? God will speak to them through that. But manifest God here on this earth. Show his, show his power mightily through you. And sometimes you don't even be aware you're doing it, but others can see it. Because when you spend time with God, you know, the fruits of the spirit develop. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, you know, and all those good and wonderful things. Amen. Don't become satisfied with just good preaching on Wednesday night or Sunday morning or mediocre preaching or whatever it is that you're getting. Hopefully here it's all good. Amen. But don't be satisfied with that. Expect more from God. Expect more from him. Lord, your word says that um, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I believe I receive eternal life right here on this earth. I don't have to wait till I get to heaven to experience your glory. But, and you know what? He wants to manifest himself in, to you in your life more than you ever know. I, I, this goes on, and I don't want to... But don't always rely on your pastor or the praise and worship team to stir you up. I love praise and worship here. I really do, Wes. I mean, it's just so anointed. I can just feel it right now as I just say it. But, you know, praise and worship is very important, especially in a church like this. If I had to come in and just start preaching, guess what? It, it might not be so pleasant to your ears. It might not be so anointed until I start getting into God's word, and it might take five or ten minutes. But I believe praise and worship is one of the most important parts of a, of a church service because it anoints your ears and your heart to receive God's word. I mean, look, the book of Psalms. I mean, that's a whole book of songs. And if you ever want to praise God, just open up to one of those Psalms. Find a good one where it's rejoicing and talking about how great and how splendid is his majesty. And just start reading those. And guess what? The presence of God will show up. And just, just do that for a while. But the, but the anointing is what you're after. The anointing is God's presence. If it's not anointed, don't do it. I, I, I can't say that any more emphatically. 
If the anointing's not in it, don't do it. The anointing is the presence of God. Amen. But stir yourself up. Don't always rely on the praise and worship. I, I was so glad they sang How Great Thou Art. There are so many hymns that I grew up with in the Methodist Church that are spirit-filled. I mean, in modern Christian music today, and I'm not, I don't mean this in anything, any way derogatory, but you'll have a team of writers sit down, and they'll sit there and try to come up with a good praise and worship song. The best songs, I believe, the most anointed songs, are the ones like Westcott, like other writers have gotten, that the Holy Spirit just drops it in, and you just sing it out from your spirit and say, hey, I better get a tape and record this, or I better start writing this down. And, but that's when it's anointed, when it comes from God. Amen? But those hymns are so, a lot of them are so anointed. It's just, uh, you got to stir yourself up. Remember that Jesus, remember who Jesus is, what he's done, that he's with you. Remain desperate for him. Always remain desperate for him. A state that will never be satisfied until you meet him face to face. I don't care how close you are to God to, through the Holy Spirit. Always remain desperate. In a, the more mature you become as a Christian, the needier you should be to the Holy Spirit. And the more you should rely upon him. Amen? Amen. Ephesians 5, verse 18 through 20. I won't go much longer. Well, I won't. I really won't. Ephesians 5, remain desperate like he is the only thing that can get you through the day. Seek him early and you'll find him and he'll find you and he'll talk to you. It's amazing when you start reading the scripture. I don't know about you, but in the morning, 7, sometimes 6.30 to 8.30 or so, maybe quarter, 9, between those hours, man, he's just speaking to me. If I'm at work working, and I'm, I'm meditating upon him and thinking about, trying to think about what I'm doing. And I, I can do that. I can multitask, I've learned. I'm concentrating on my work. And uh, the Holy Spirit will just drop something in there and reveal something, a scripture, and talk about that. And I'll have to stop. I have all these pages I found this morning. I was off today, yesterday and today from work. I had about a half dozen or so of pages that I just had to write down and so I could get rid of all that clutter and keep them in. I try to keep them all in this book here of the things that he's revealed to me. And it's just really something, even though we've been to Bible school, I mean, it's just something that just makes it real to you when he does that. It's not something you've learned in a class. It's something you know, but when he reveals it to you, it stirs you up. Ephesians 5, verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine with, with, in which is dissipation or excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We do that when we come together here. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You can do this on your personal time. That's how you should always approach him. With the praise, a song in your heart, just singing to him and thanking him for who he is. Giving thanks always, yeah, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
If you want to be filled with the Spirit, practice that. You probably all do it. I, I know everyone in here. I know we're all born again. I believe you've evidenced that fruit in your life. I'm not speaking to somebody that just came in off the street and didn't ever hear about Jesus. But always approach him. Get up in the morning and just, just start praising him. You don't have to do it out loud in your spirit. Learn to do it in your spirit as well. I mean, it's one thing to do it out verbally, but at least have your spirit, train your spirit to be continually praising him, even when you're doing other things. I've learned in the last, um, well, it seems like the, I haven't learned it, but in the last couple months, I don't turn on my radio anymore in my vehicle when I'm driving. I will sometimes to get the news or whatever if something's going on. But um, I find that if I leave that off, the Holy Spirit has more of a chance to talk to you. He really does. And it might be something that could save somebody's life or help you to avoid something serious in your life. But expect more from him. Expect, him, expect to hear his voice. Develop your spirit to hear his voice because he's with us, in us. He speaks to us. The Bible says it's, he will speak to us and show us things to come. Every day I pray. I, I pray for my wife. I pray for my children. And I thank the Lord that he, I am led by the Holy Spirit. I hear his voice and the voice of another I will not follow. I thank you, Lord, that you speak to me, lead me, guide me, and show me things to come. And truly, if you keep confessing that and develop your spirit, it will, he's showing it to you. You just got to learn how to pick up that frequency. But he will talk to you. He's not somewhere far off, a million miles away. He's right here inside us. Amen. But we've got to stir ourselves up, making melody in our hearts to the Lord, giving thanks for always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 6.10 says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We find that when you keep yourself stirred up, you'll be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know, when you're weak, he's strong. You know, the pastor may just, we all have a measure of the anointing. We all have a measure of faith. But guess what? When we are strong in the power of his might, he doesn't have any measure. He's got the full load right there of anointing. He's got the full load of power. We're not limited by the pastor who might, or another believer who just has a measure of faith. Because he's given to every man. Even the sinner, a measure of faith, so that they have the ability to believe. There's no excuse for anyone not to get born again. God has placed upon in every individual the measure of faith. It says, for by grace through faith are you saved. And that is a gift of God, not of yourself, lest any man should boast. But every man's been given the measure of faith. Whether they have an evangelist reach them or not, God has that faith in their heart. The Holy Spirit can reach them because that seed's been planted in their heart. Now, what they do with it, that's up to them. Amen? Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 through, verse six through 7, uh, talks about stirring up the gift of God, that God has not given us a power, given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Stir up, it's talk, Timothy's talking about stirring up that gift of God inside you. Second Peter, you can write these down if you're taking notes. 1, verse 13. 
Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, to stir up, stir you up by reminding you. You can stir yourself up by reminding yourself who God is and what he's done for you. Amen? Over and over in Scripture, Hebrews 10, verses 23 through 25. I might go ahead and turn there. Hebrews 10, 23 and 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. We're to stir others up too. But keep yourself stirred up in the Holy Spirit. Amen? If life's not working for you, you're probably not living for him. If life's not working for you, you're probably not living for him. Amen? I mean, it's only by his wonderful grace that we'll ever see his precious face. Amen? So build up your spirit. Stir yourself up. Worship through worship and praise through just giving thanksgiving to him. Pray in the spirit. I'm not going to go into these things because we're a little short on time, but pray in the spirit, building yourself up on your most holy faith. If you want to, you want to develop your spirit, lift those weights, spiritual weights. Get that spirit big and strong so that when your flesh says, I want to sleep on Sunday morning, and your body says, I do too. I think that'd be cool. You know, your mind says, yeah, I'm tired. I'm wore out from the week. I just want to zone here and just uh, vegetate, you know, let my mind just zone out. And your spirit says, no, you can zone out in church. Get up. Get out. Even if you just go sit there, nod and off, whatever. Go and be in that anointing, the presence of God. Your spirit will be fed even if your mind isn't. Just because your mind doesn't understand it doesn't mean your spirit's saying, yeah, yeah, more. Amen. So uh, also, pray, you know, stir yourself up. Worship and praise. Pray in the spirit. Speak the word of God. You know, to the, to the degree that you crucify your flesh and get it under control while you're here on this earth is the degree that you will experience heaven on earth. Let the spirit rule. Think right. Talk right and live right. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit to reveal your word to our hearts, our spirit man. I thank you, Father, that your word is effective and productive in our soulish realm, our mind, will, and emotions. I thank you, Father, that when we get our soul and spirit in line, that our bodies will also fall in line with the word of God and be healed in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God, that you sent your word and healed us. You sent your word and set us free, set the captives free. Father, if there be any in here tonight that might be held captive in their mind, in their body by some torment, whether it's sickness or oppression or depression, I thank you, Father, that your word goes forth right now and sets them free in Jesus' name. I thank you for your anointing and your power just to flow over every person here and touch them. Fill them with your presence that they may never, that they may experience your presence, Father, and never want to leave it and do whatever they can to maintain that presence, your anointing in their life, Father. Lord, we just thank you that as we go from here tonight that you're going with us and that we're taking you with us and that we'll look for you in everyday life, in every situation. 
and you'll always have an answer for us. We'll always know what to do. You'll make our mind sharp and quick. May our mind just be your receiver, Father. Not a thinker, but a receiver of your Holy Spirit. And then maybe we act upon it as you talk to us and make it real and a part of our life. Father, we thank you for all these things in your mighty Son's precious name. In the name of Jesus, amen. Ushers.